When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ever walked by a shelf in your local bookstore full of books wrapped in brown paper? Those are blind dates with books, where you buy a book without knowing the title, the cover, or the author, and it's a great way to discover new books you might never have picked for yourself. We're giving away five blind dates with books. Executive editor Amanda Nelson will take a trip to her local indie in Richmond called Chop Suey and pick five at random off their shelves to mail to five random winners. To enter to win your own blind date with a book, go to bookriot.com slash blind date and sign up for our upcoming Read This Book newsletter, where we will send you a single solitary book recommendation once per week. That's bookriot.com slash blind date to enter go see if your local indie participates with their own blind date shelves. Welcome to SFF Yeah, a podcast dedicated to all things science fiction and fantasy. This is episode 65, and we are recording on October 17th. I'm Jen Northington, and I'm here with Sharifa Williams, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. And today we're talking about books on or under the sea. And if you think that I have not had Little Mermaid songs stuck in my head <laughs> ever since we picked this theme, you would be wrong. Also, I apologize. Also, also... Here's a reminder to send in your questions for our holiday show, which will be airing in late November. So if you need help picking out a gift for a friend or relative that is science fiction or fantasy in nature, please do send those in. It's sffyeah at bookriot.com. I uh, did not have the Little Mermaid song in my head. You and did it? I had, I will tell you the others, when I when I talk about one of my picks, I will tell you the song I did have stuck in my head for like a straight up week, thanks to this one. <laughs> Fair enough. It's so random. It has nothing to to do with mermaids except for the title of my book. So you may guess, <laughs> yeah. Um, but before we start talking about fun stuff on or under the sea, I'm going to tell you about <laughs> our first sponsor. Which is Penguin Random House Audio, bringing us the Angel Mage audiobook written by Garth Nix and read by Kristen Atherton. I love a good audiobook. I love Garth Nix books, so this is like a match made in heaven for me. This is described as a new ma uh, fantasy masterpiece from Garth Nix, who some of you may know, especially if you listen to this show, wrote the Old Kingdom series with Sabriel and Liriel. Uh, both books I love. I love that entire series. And in this one, more than a century's passed since Lilith crept into the empty sarcophagus of St. Margaret, fleeing the fall of Istara, but she emerges from her magical sleep, still beautiful, looking no more than 19, and once again renews her single-minded quest to be united with her lover, Palenial, the Archangel of Istara. It's a seemingly impossible quest, but Lilith is one of the greatest practitioners of angelic magic to have ever lived, summoning angels and forcing them to do her bidding. Four young people hold her interest. Simeon, a studious doctor in training. Henry, or Henri, if you want to pronounce it that way. I like it that <laughs> way better. A dedicated fortune a hunter 
Agnes, a glory-seeking musketeer, and Dorothea, icon maker and scholar of angelic magic. Ooh, I love a group quest. I cannot wait to read this. This is definitely a, this almost sounds like a found family thing, so I, I'm hoping maybe that's just wishful thinking. But it says that the four feel a strange kinship from the moment they meet, so that sounds about right. But they don't suspect their importance, and none of them know just how Lilith plans to use them as mere pawns in her, in her plan, no matter the cost to everyone else. I love the sound of this so, so much, and I'm really excited to get my hands on another Garth Nix book. I love audiobooks as well. If you do too, you should definitely check this out. It's described as perfect for fans of Cassandra Clare, Holly Black, and Leigh Bardugo. Again, that was the Angel Mage audiobook by Garth Nix, read by Kristen Atherton, and brought to us by Penguin Random House Audio. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. Nice. So nice. All right. So let's see. Let's get into our news. A quick follow-up. We have been covering the conversation around the potential renaming of the Tip Tree Award, and it has been changed. It has been changed to the Otherwise Award, which I love, actually. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, there is a whole big, long, and very interesting statement on the Tip Tree uh, organization's website that I really encourage you to go and read because they've been really thoughtful and also have collected a lot of the responses from the community as to why they are changing the name and why people felt that it was necessary. And it's I really appreciate how transparent they are being about this whole process and super appreciate that they are headed in a direction I think is the right one, which is not having awards named after specific people. Mm -hmm. So I'm super excited to see this. I'm really delighted by the new name and their reasoning for the new name is very interesting and enjoyable to read about. So uh, that link is in the show notes. If you want to read more about it, I highly recommend clicking it. It's a good one. So hooray for that. Hooray! I think that that's really great news, and I feel like this is going to maybe like the side effect of this. It's going to prompt organizations like this to think of much more creative names because yeah. I'm also delighted by the fact that they renamed it the Otherwise Award. I just think that's so fun and clever, and it definitely sounds like from this announcement they were going for like fun and whimsical as it should be, and I obviously do not think having that name association matches that tone. So bravo. Yeah, yeah. And since that was a little shorty, um, I want to jump right into my second news item that I wanted to get to, which actually happened a while ago. And I was hoping that by the time we got around to this, it would have an update, but it doesn't. So Showtime has passed on the King Killer Chronicle TV show, which we've been following the development also of. Um, Patrick Rothfuss is involved. Lin-Manuel Miranda is doing the music. Like, it's got a pilot and a showrunner. And, you know, there's all of this. There's this big team working on it. 
And Showtime had originally picked it up, but in September, they released the rights back to Lionsgate Television. And we don't really know why there hasn't been anything said that I could find about the specifics. My guess is because it's going to be ridiculously expensive to film because they always are, right? Like fantasy, Mm -hmm. you need all the sets and the costuming and the special effects and like it's going to be pricey. But nobody has said that. That's just my best guess. Uh, and, And I checked around to see if I could find any updates about who, if if anybody has picked it up, and I didn't find anything. So it looks like it's still in the wind. (laughs) Haha, get it? Um, (laughs) And I'm really curious, sorry, I'm really curious to see what happens with this because, you know, the the New of the Wind fandom is pretty strong Mm -hmm. and it's got a killer group of people involved in it. So surely someone will pick it up. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, a Netflix, for example, went in there uh, with their money bags. <laughs> but, I mean, we'll, we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see. So that's that's the update as far as we know on the King Killer Chronicles TV show. All I'm saying is I had better get a chance to hear this song that they talk <laughs> about in here, a Lin-Manuel Miranda song that made his assistant cry. Right. So if I don't get to hear that, I'm going to be really upset. Even though I have not read this book, <laughs> these books, I, I just need to know that. So Yeah, yeah. LMM wouldn't do that to us, would he? No. Like, he would put it out he there. He would totally. If, if, if somebody wasn't going to ultimately pick it up, I feel like. I absolutely think so too. He's a he's just that sort of giving person. Yeah, he he wants us to be happy. <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink. Yeah, right. To <laughs> um, I am going to hop on the streaming train. With that sounds weird, but I'm, I'm going to talk about <laughs> streaming as well uh, because we just got news very recently, actually yesterday. That the Margaret Atwood documentary has landed at Hulu. So this is good news because we actually have something that has been picked up and seems to be a certain thing. Especially considering it's Hulu and, you know, they've been doing Handmaid's Tale. And they're planning Mm -hmm. to do the Testaments. So they are all over Margaret Atwood. This is basically her streaming home. Um, So this is, they picked up U.S. rights to this documentary, which is called Margaret Atwood, A Word After a Word After a Word is Power. And it stars Atwood and her partner, Graham Gibson, who recently passed away. And it has interviews with Atwood and her partner, as well as people who were involved with the show, with The Handmaid's Tale, uh, Elizabeth Moss, Sarah Polly, they're a lot of others who I'm sure are going to have a lot to say about Margaret Atwood. And there are going to be some readings of Atwood's poetry and prose as well. And the documentary is actually going to start streaming soon. So November 19th, this is sort of rare because I feel like every time we talk about things that are upcoming, it's like, oh, in two years from now, look out for this thing (laughs) coming out. But no, it's November 19th, so you don't have long to wait. And I just recently saw Margaret Atwood in conversation in Portland, and I was just so struck by how she's just so, and this is no shock to anyone, she's so eloquent and she's so clever and sharp in a way where I would be like intimidated to talk to her, but to be able to hear her talk again, I've I've heard her 
Jen, you've heard her too, obviously, because of Book Riot Live. Um, But it's always a great opportunity to get here to hear her talk about things, and especially with the Testaments coming out. I'm really curious to see if there will be any conversation about that or if this was filmed way too early maybe for it. But if you are also a Atwood fan, you should definitely check it out. And again, that's coming out November 19th. Yeah, I wonder if they'll film a little add-on about the Booker win and throw it in there. Right. I, mean, I don't know how complicated that would be to do, but perhaps they could do it. Uh, We're like, what it, is this weird random clip at the <laughs> end of it? Ta-da! Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't know that I knew that anybody was making a documentary mm-hmm. about Margaret Atwood. Um, so, so, and then, right, so then it's like, oh, and not only did it get made, but it's also picked up by Hulu and it will be on your TV on November 19th. So that's, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that this is kind of a year for documentaries, right? Like we got the Toni Morrison That's one right. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Margaret Atwood is still alive, notably, but uh, it has been, and there was a Le Guin documentary as well. So this kind of appears to be one of those things that's happening. I'm not sad about it. Not sad about it. I think, you know, great writers, uh, whatever their legacies will actually end up being in the long term, rather than naming awards after them. Let's just make documentaries. How about let's do that instead? Uh, So I'm for that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm for that as well. Oh, Lord. Um, Okay, so let's now talk about, oh, this is interesting, a book that has jumped from from book to TV to now comics. Uh, Lev Grossman's The Magicians has a brand new comic, which is being released by Boom Studios. And it is not an adaptation of the novels or of the TV show, which uh, notably diverged from the original material at the end of season one. But this is a whole new story with a bunch of new students at Break Bills. And io9 has an exclusive excerpt from it. But what I think is so interesting about this story is that apparently Dean Fogg goes out and recruits hedge witches and rogue magicians Mm -hmm. to be in the next class at Break Bills. And personally, I thought that Julia's story was one of the best parts of the original Magicians trilogy. I loved her as a character and my heart just bled for the things that she got put through. And But also, you know, her development as a magician was so interesting in a way that like magical school just can't be. And so the idea that this new situation is all rogue magicians and hedge witches coming into the Break Bills universe is 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 much more interesting to me than I thought it would be. Like, honestly, I was like, oh, do I need another version of this story? Like, I'm not sure I do. But now I'm like, oh, maybe I do need it. (laughs) I'm much more interested. Um, So, yes. So it is written by Lila Sturgis and Lev Grossman working in collaboration. And they had collaborated on a uh, mini series called Alice's Story that told the story of Alice Quinn, who also was one of the best things about the original trilogy. So, yeah, super interesting. I don't know. What do you think, Sharif? Are you a Magicians fan? I feel so pressured to finally finish (laughs) this series. I, I read half of it. And then I think it was just like... 
The first book, I mean, uh, I read the first book, like, half of it, and I think it was, like, not the right time for me. I got, like, weirdly upset by it, so... Listen, (laughs) Quentin's voice is a tough one sometimes. So, especially if you are, I think especially if you're female, Mm -hmm. that voice is hard to hang with for any length of time. I will say that I liked book two better than book one, and I loved book three. Okay. The most. So, but that's not saying, I'm not saying also that you should spend your time on it. I'm just saying that that was true for me. I will also say that I didn't keep going because I got sidetracked by a million other things. But season one of The Magician Show was super interesting because they aged the characters up to grad school age and did some really interesting things with the development. I had some, like, concerns, capital C, but on the whole, it was really fascinating. And my friends who have continued watching have told me that they continued to do interesting, smart things. Okay, well, maybe I'll do the thing where I just watch the series. <laughs> and yeah. it doesn't sound like... I'm wondering if this uh, new comic... If you'll feel like if somebody like me started reading it and they would feel like they didn't know what was happening. Because that would be interesting. Mm. Like maybe if I could come into it from this direction, especially since there are hedge witches in it. Like how can I say no to that? I don't think I can. So I might give that a try and see how I feel and then maybe just like – you know, having dipped my toe back into the water, like maybe I'll be able to address this series again. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first issue comes out on November 6th, and I will do my best to preview it for you okay. and let you know. <laughs> Thank you. This is so You're much welcome. like book therapy. <laughs> like, <laughs> help me through this. Help me, please. <laughs> I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Okay, well, I just have some... This actually isn't like a huge story, but it's kind of delightful, especially if you're a Harry Potter fan, which so many of you probably are. Uh, There's going to be a Harry Potter subscription service. I am 100% sure I'm going to be seeing this all over my Instagram, which is good and also a lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But this subscription service is a 12-month commitment, so that's something to know. And it includes access to all seven Harry Potter ebooks through the, the Wizarding World app. And then you get collectible pin badges, merchandise discounts, and a lot more. There are some guest lists you get on, I guess. And I'm not sure about the details for that because some of it sounds like like a pretty big guest list to be on. But you can also watch <laughs> Wizarding World originals and exclusive video series. Uh, One of the things you get is this guest list they were talking about is for festivities like the Wizarding World Gold Christmas Party and the Great Hall at Warner Brothers Studio Tour in London. Chances are you probably have to buy your ticket to London and all that. (laughs) So (laughs) because the shocking thing about this, which surprised me because I expected it to be a lot more for a 12-month subscription, is that it's $75 for the whole year. Which does sound cheap to me. I guess it'll depend on when you actually get your delivery, if you feel like it is worth that $75. But there's a video here, if you go to the link, which we'll leave in the show notes, about at least this um, this book you get that has a bunch of cool touches, like personalized touches, like your name inside the book and 
some really cool features and behind the scenes sort of stuff and unlocking of hidden secrets with an enchanted key. It sounds very magical and wizarding world as you might expect. So that might be something to consider. This is not our Christmas or holiday episode yet, but <laughs> this is just something to consider if you know some Harry Potter fans out there. Yeah, the packaging is very slick, obviously, mm, although I have to quibble because I watched that video and the it's supposedly a journal that you get, right? This personalized yeah. journal book. And each month had two pages, half <laughs> taken up with other stuff. I'm like, who who journals for a whole month on two pages? Like, that's not that's not a journal. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's not a journal. You should absolutely be like quality assurance for any sort of science fiction and fantasy organizational product because i did not I, even notice that i am i have so many opinions about this but i will say the pin looked pretty slick and i also noticed i i watched this video way too closely they made like there was this page that i guess the person you know receiving the journal and demoing it is in slytherin and there was this whole like section about like oh you're a true slytherin peter and they had made like an across stick out of his name oh my <laughs> goodness like, wow <laughs> wow there's a lot going on here so <laughs> i if it were me i would not be joining for the physical swag although i can see how some folks would mm -hmm. but the the idea that you get like all of the Harry Potter ebooks, and then you can, you know, get discounts, and there's like special videos, I guess, and, you know, little extras that are digital, right? There's a lot of digital yes. extras. There's magical quizzes and puzzles, apparently. It's this Mental Floss uh, article has all of this stuff. But it, you know, I, I mean, who's, how many people are actually going to be able to go to London, right? Like, that's not super attainable for lots for of folks but yeah like 75 dollars for a year's worth of extra online goodies like ooh, i could see i could see that's a decent value proposition it's probably still too much money for me but that would make a great gift i think for a potterhead yeah especially one who wanted to do all of the collectible stuff like yes. there are plenty of people who are really into like catching all the things Yes. And yes. so I can see that. So maybe this is for like the serious Potter. Yes. Yeah. I will. And I will say I like might have to hand my, well, it's a different kind of Potter head that I am. But I, I deleted <laughs> the Harry Potter game off my phone. Oh, this yeah. Last week. I was just like, oh, I'm not using this. Like I haven't opened it since a week after I started playing. Like I guess it's time to say goodbye. I did so. too. I don't have any more Harry Potter stuff on my no more apps. It's just it it just got to I never looked at it. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Oh well, there's so much Harry Potter stuff out there. We're not really we're not gonna miss out. We are not. We're fine. We're doing just fine. <laughs> we are. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that concludes our news portion, which means it's time to hear about our second sponsor, which is another earworm for you. Sorry, not sorry. Oh, it boy. is Wayward Son by Rainbow <laughs> Rell, published by Wednesday Books. And yes, now I definitely have that song stuck in my head. So this is a Simon Snow book. He has saved the world. And now what? 
he is going to go on a road trip. So this is the sequel to Carry On, and it was named one of Entertainment Weekly's biggest titles of the season and one of Bustle's most anticipated new books. And this is for folks who have always wondered, like, what happens to the Chosen One after he saves the day? Like, what does he do next? And it's also for everyone who is ever more curious about the second kiss than the first kiss, which is an interesting idea. I'm like, oh, am I that person? I don't Oh, no, I have to think about that. Um, so I'm just kind of tickled that what started out as like fan fiction of fan fiction in, uh, oh gosh, now I can't remember. Fangirl, in Fangirl, yes, in, in Rainbow Rowell's Fangirl, you know, Simon Snow was the character that uh, the main character was writing about. And then we got Carry On, which is an actual book of the fan, like that the fan fiction of fan fiction is based on (laughs) and now we have the sequel and it's just i just am so entertained by this sort of by the meta-ness of this whole project i'm very entertained by it i think it's really cool and interesting so i will be looking this one up and you can too again that's wayward son by rainbow rowell and it's sponsored by wednesday books thanks so much awesome my cat is yowling for anybody oh, hearing. Tabitha. She's, she has feelings about so Harry Potter. She, she has a lot of feelings about Harry Potter, apparently. Um, I'm actually going to kick us off talking about books on or under the sea. Were you as I I thought mermaids immediately and then mermaids and pirates. And I know we talked oh. about pirates before. So I was really excited to get into this whole thing. Um, and it got me to read a book that I had been wanting to read or one of a couple of books I'd been wanting to read. And that's my science fiction pick, which is the one that put a song in my head that was not <laughs> Little Mermaid. It was that Adele song, Rolling in the Deep. I have literally not been able to get it out of my head all week. <laughs> my science fiction pick is Rolling in the Deep by Mira Grant. And Mira Grant is the pen name for Shauna McGuire, author of my beloved Wayward Children series. And Rolling in the Deep is actually the prequel novella to Into the Drowning Deep, which is another book I really want to read and that I'm going to pick up next because I needed more of this story. So the story itself follows a shipbound team. They're headed for the Mariana Trench on this mission to find mermaids. And this isn't really, it's not exactly a scientific voyage, although there are definitely scientists on board, the Atargatis with their own aims in mind. This is mostly a mission of entertainment. And I don't know how many of you out there have had the, uh, I'm doing quotes here, special privilege of (laughs) sitting through shows like alien encounters and the numerous bigfoot quest documentaries that i don't even know if those are a thing anymore but a while back they were and i had an ex who used to sit through a lot of those i.e i used to sit through a lot of those (laughs) and i could never tell whether or not he expected to see the real deal but it wasn't going to happen and the real deal isn't what this fictional network called Imagine Network is trying to find. They have these professional mermaid entertainers on board and they're talking head experts and they're scientists just for, you know, extra clout and other projects that these scientists want to participate in. So they're going to film your traditional are there, aren't there 
shifty documentaries. So you've got the film crew and personality in the form of this geeky cute host you can probably picture in your head she's described very well like a specific celebrity host came into mind when I heard the description. Mm. I won't tell you what who it is. You can guess for yourself. Um, but as you might imagine, there are a lot of personalities on this ship. Not all of them complimentary. But you get to meet a lot of them and get into some depth with some of them more than others. But they were all really interesting. And this team is out on this mission. And some of them are ready to explore depths that have never been... Uh, tested before some of them are really excited to swim where no makeshift mermaid has ever swum before and the thing that they don't know is that there's something unknown lurking in the depths and it is not your fanciful fairy tale creature but something far more threatening so I can't tell you too much more about it because it's really short I listened to the audiobook it was a little bit over three hours I believe so I listened to it in one evening making chicken soup which was nice nice and comforting for a story like this (laughs) (laughs) but it's a really great story for mermaid lovers who are looking for kind of more scientific approach to these finned creatures of myth and also for people who like a, a, a sort of horror approach to familiar fairy tales if you've read the Wayward Children series, you know that there is definitely like a dark tinge to those books. And I got the similar a similar feel from this one, although it's a lot more in the realm of, of horror. There's a lot of gore, I should say. Uh, and also this is kind of more of a sci-fi version with actual reasoning behind mermaids, or at least the mermaids in this story. And for me, this was just kind of a great read as we come up on Halloween because that's basically all I want to read are creepy stories right now. And it was just kind of the perfect thing. It was just a quick sort of like, I just want to be creeped out for a bit. And it definitely, especially toward the end, gets really creepy when you know what's happening. And right from the start, you get the sense that... This might not be a happily ever after sort of story. And of course, as usual, Mira Grant or Shauna McGuire is really inclusive. There are people of color on the page. There are people with disabilities. And I always feel like I'm in good hands when I open one of her books. So again, that was Rolling in the Deep by Mira Grant. Sorry for also putting that song into your head. (laughs) (laughs) This is just like this, the earworm show, apparently. Um, okay, so I also have a sort of twist on mermaids for you. My speculative pick, I'm calling it speculative because like it's a little science fiction and a little fantasy, but not 100% either. So we're going to go with speculative. Mm-hmm. Is The Deep by River Solomon, which I you know I never do this. But it doesn't come out until November 5th, so I'm a little early, and I apologize, but it was too perfect not to pick for this show. Like, I couldn't not pick it. So, 
you'll only have a little bit of waiting <laughs> to do. And in the meantime, you can listen to the clipping song that it is based on, which also speaking of meta projects that are super cool, I will leave a link to that in the show notes. We've talked about this before because when they first announced that this was happening, I like lost my mind. I was so <laughs> excited about it. And I'm happy to tell you that the book lives up to my excitement, although it goes in a completely different direction than I was expecting. I mean, I honestly don't know exactly what I was expecting, but it wasn't this. So this is by, like I said, River Solomon, who wrote An Unkindness of Ghosts, which was amazing. And also David Diggs, William Hudson, and Jonathan Snipes, who are the members of Clipping, are listed as co-authors. And um, River Solomon worked on this with them uh, for the story, but the writing, I believe, is their own. And it follows a young mer person named Yetu, who is a historian for her people. The way their society works is that one person is the repository for every memory from their past all the way to their origins. And everybody else just sort of like doesn't know any of that except for once a year when they do the remembering and everybody comes together and the historian shares the memories with the people and then gets them back again. And this has been going on for generations. And what Yetu knows that the others uh, don't know, because they don't remember, <laughs> is that they are all descendants of pregnant African slaves thrown overboard by, you know, the, the slave traffickers. Um, so that's a really intense premise. And Solomon does a really amazing thing with this, which is to consider the weight of history, like for one person to have to hold all of that weight, what does that do to a person? And Yetu is already a very sensitive person. Um, and like, you know, if people are speaking too loudly, it hurts her. And, you know, she's constantly having to protect herself from the feelings and demands of others around her. And she doesn't feel like she's a real person because her entire brain and being is taken up with this ancestral memory. And so as the remembering approaches, she is trying to consider whether she can go on as the historian, but there's nobody else to do her job. And I don't want to give too much away. It is also a novella. And I think Yetu's journey is so amazing. And I was so surprised by it. And I don't want to take that beautiful surprise away from anybody else. But I just, I mean, the, the questions that are considered and the beautiful personal arc of the characters that you meet are just amazing. And the book alternates perspective between Yetu and then the memories that she's holding. So you get to go back in time, in the time of this ancestral memory and meet these other, you know, characters who had their own understanding of this history and their own experiences. And it's just beautifully done. And one of my other favorite things about this is that at the very end, Clipping has written like a an afterword about sort of they call it like a game of telephone that has been done with this concept, like where they got the inspiration from, which I didn't realize it was a different musician and then what they did with it. And now what River Solomon has done with it. And it's just so cool to see the evolution of this project from their perspective. And yeah, I 
I'm so into it. I'm so into it. And it is also a really cool undersea story. Like if the thing that you love about ocean-y stories is the ocean settings, I think you will get some good stuff out of this because the way that the they call themselves the Wajinru, the way they talk is like by vibrations in the water. So, you know, seeing their culture and how things are different being like living full-time underwater from above rather than above water is is actually like talked about in really interesting terms in this. So I feel like Solomon has really explored so many interesting nooks and crannies of this concept and made it just completely new and fascinating. And I loved it. So again, that's The Deep by River Solomon, David Diggs, William Hudson, and Jonathan Snipes. And I'm so sorry, it doesn't come out until November 5th, but you're, you know, you don't have to wait too long. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) I've been seeing this on so many anticipated lists. I feel like you're just building, you're helping to build the buzz. I hope so. It's so good. Ugh, it's so good. Yeah, I'm really excited to read that one. I might pick it up while I'm on this uh, mermaid kick. Mm -hmm. It sounds awesome. Uh, Okay, my fantasy pick, which is kind of like in the realm of science fantasy because there is time travel, is The Girl from Everywhere. This is by Heidi Heilig. And this is a YA fantasy with time travel and it's historical fiction. There's romance. So you've got a lot going on. Uh, If you like to have a lot of elements in your story, this is a really great one and it's really complex and fabulous. And it follows a young woman who works on a caravel that travels through time. And the only confident confidant she has is her best friend, Kashmir, who's this young man. He's a thief who's the ship's newest crew member. And her name is Nyx. She's aboard the Temptation. She's got this one person that she can befriend. And she also has her father as the ship's captain. And her father is on this pursuit. You don't really quite know what it is right away, but you know that the ship is heading for 1868 Honolulu, which is really interesting because I do not come across a lot of, you know, science fiction and fantasy set in Honolulu, set in Hawaii, in that area at all. So that was what really made me excited about this story. And Nix is really reluctant to help out with this mission of her father's. She has this really complicated relationship with him, which is why she doesn't really have a lot of people to talk to other than Kashmir, who's this debonair character who speaks a bunch of languages and is really clever and gentlemanly. And (laughs) I was like, oh, she's not smitten right away, but it's one of those (laughs) characters. It's definitely one of those characters. And he also represents Nix's only chance of securing a future that kind of belongs to her alone. And and she's trying to get into this industry of navigation. She's really good at finding just the right kinds of maps, which are necessary for traveling through time, as you might imagine. Very organized. This is not like higgledy-piggledy time travel, but they use cartography to find their way and navigation is one of her father's great skills and perhaps because he knows what she's up to her father only gives her sort of bits and pieces of this knowledge that he has about navigation so she's not there yet 
She really wants to be in his same position and to be able to forge a path of her own because her father's kind of stuck in the past. He's really intent on changing the course of history for this purpose he set out on, which seems like a, a good goal at first, but there are a lot of complications that come with this thing he's trying to do. And he has this sort of single-mindedness that frightens Nyx because he doesn't seem to account for her existence as he's thinking about changing the course of time. So as you can imagine, if you've come across any sort of time travel story, there are all of these situations where you're like, well, what if you do go back in time and change something? What happens to the thing? What happens to life as it is? What happens to the people you know and love and what if somebody isn't really thinking about that stuff and has the ability to go back in time and actually make a mess <laughs> so nix is becoming really desperate to find her way elsewhere and when they arrive in honolulu of a certain time she decides to take matters into her own hand and sets out to find her way and to learn about her history, and about the mother she lost. So there are a lot of really great uh, fantasy elements in this book, including this pocket dragon. I've talked about this book once before, and I've, I've probably gushed about this pocket dragon, but <laughs> there's a heist, there are really great food descriptions, and for people who love like fantasy maps and the idea of cartography, this is a really great pick. There's a lot of diversity Heidi Heilig is also a biracial person from Hawaii, as is the main character. So this is definitely, if you're looking for Simone Voices book, this is books, this is a good one. So if you don't necessarily care as much about the detailed science of time travel, but you love the concept of time travel, you should definitely check out this book. Again, that was... The Girl from Everywhere, which, by the way, is part of a completed duology. And again, that was by Heidi Heilig. Lovely. I do love a fantasy pirate time travel situation. How much <laughs> and a pocket dragon. Who doesn't love a pocket dragon? Nobody is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my fantasy pick is The Deepest Blue by Sarah Beth Durst, which is a companion book to her Queens of Renthia series. And I was really surprised to find I hadn't talked about this book already on this show. I've talked about it on other shows, but I was delighted to see that I could talk about it on this show because <laughs> it's so perfect if you like watery, divey stories. So Mayara is the main character and she is like lives on this island in this fantasy world and she's an amazing diver she loves diving she can hold her breath for like ever and she it's like the thing that she loves to do however in this world there are elemental creatures who are not your friends <laughs> they're not here to make friends they're actually here to kill humans they hate humans and they're mostly controlled by the queens in this world who have the power to make the these creatures obey them but it's a very tenuous 
situation and there are often rogue creatures and you have to like be really careful. So every time she dives, you know, she's got to fight off these creatures. And her big secret is that she actually does have the power to influence them. But no one can know because in her island situation, if you have that power, you get sent to like this very Hunger Games-esque training island and tested to see if you can become a queen, but like basically only one person survives. Like it's very rare for multiple people to survive this island test. So getting sent away is basically a death sentence. Or if you decide you don't want to go to the island, you become one of the queen's enforcers and you're not allowed to ever speak to your family and friends again, which is a problem because she's getting married to the love of her life. And so on her wedding day, she like goes off for a dive and then goes to get married. It's totally amazing. And then a huge magical storm rolls through and she has to save her village and her family. But then she reveals that she has this power. So then she's on the run and then they catch her and she gets sent to the island. And I won't give you any more plot details than that. But it is so intense and so like survivor but magic but watery oceany like so much of it is like swimming through cave systems to find a safe place and fending off these like water demons oh man it's intense it's a whole lot of fun it's action-packed and what i also love about this book is the relationship between mayara and kilo who are her husband slash artist you get some of his perspective too and i think it's really rare to see a romantic relationship where the characters love and trust each other so much that even when they're separated, they still maintain that love and trust to the point where, like, you, you're you just like, how? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, their bond is so beautiful. And it's not ever about that bond falling apart. It's about them trying to work through these obstacles to be reunited. So you're rooting for them the whole way. And I, it's so heartwarming, which is a nice counterbalance to all of the like murder and demon creatures trying to kill her <laughs> kind of stuff. So, so yeah, it's really, I really loved it. And, um, and if you haven't read the Queens of Renthea series yet, most of the other three books take place on in this foresty area. And so there's like woodland creatures and those that will definitely kill you. And you should not read those books if you're going camping. Uh, <laughs> but I think this is a nice intro to the world. You can totally read it without having read those other books. And then you may want to go read those other books. But this is the oceany one. And it's really enjoyable. So again, that's The Deepest Blue by Sarah Beth Durst. And that's it. That's our show. It is. Boy, that just flew right by. I know. I can talk about sea, even though it terrifies me. I could talk about the sea all day long. Yeah. I I, I read uh, Into the Drowning Deep by Mira Grant a while back. I haven't read Rolling in the Deep yet, but I was like, maybe I'll never go in the water again. Like, maybe what not. I never I think go that's... swimming again? <laughs> that's a good idea. I'd say that. I can agree with you now. It's fine. But I love, I love the ocean. I don't spend a ton of time in it, but I love watching it. But yeah, it, every one of these that I read, I'm like, maybe I don't need to go. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't watch the abyss after this. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I can't even <laughs> oh i also i watched the meg this year another oh, right. movie that makes me never want to go in the water <laughs> uh, too much people too much <laughs> too much well thank you all for listening uh stay out of the water uh if you have 
a theme suggestion or a favorite book that we didn't talk about and that you want to shout out or really any feedback at all, please shoot us an email at sffia at bookriot.com. You can also leave us a review and or a rating on Apple Podcasts, which will help other sci-fi fantasy fans to find the show. So we super appreciate it. I'm on Twitter as Jen IRL, that's Jen with two N's, IRL, and on Instagram as I am Jen IRL. And you can find me on Instagram at Williams. that's S-C-A-I-N-A-B Williams. And we'll talk to you next time. 